Welcome to the first episode of the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast, breaking down recent sports news, delivering information from sports analysts and experts from across the world, and bringing you another view on your favorite sports teams. On today's episode, we have Steve Reisner from Slightly Biased, first-time guest on the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast. Welcome, Steve. Hey, how you doing today, Gene? Uh, I'm Steve from Boston, Mass. Slightly Biased will be on the air shortly, available on most every platform. Awesome. Well, as we always, as we will always do, a three-round segment on today's episode will be filled with great content, starting with the release of the NBA schedule, a boogie situation in L.A., and a look at what is going on with Team USA. But we'll, let's just get started with round one. The NBA world is talking about matchups after the release of the NBA schedule this past Monday, the 12th. With a week to examine and a look at the, at the schedules for the 30 teams in the NBA, which teams will hold the top four records in the West? For me, Gene, I would go number one, Clippers, two, Rockets, three, Warriors, and four, Lakers. Now, it's interesting that you have the uh, the Warriors in there. What what makes you think the Warriors are going to be a top four team this year? Well, it's D'Angelo Russell's big X factor there for me. I, I don't know if this guy's trade bait or if he's there to take some pressure off of Steph. But their schedule starts off relatively easy looking at it. Uh, you know, they could be able to start hot. If Steph Curry catches fire, watch out. We all know what that guy's capable of. He's one of the best shooters the game's ever going to see. Um, you know, Clay comes back. We don't know what he'll be. But if D'Lo's still there, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Clay. Uh, and help him work his way back into the offense. Absolutely. And I, I don't have the Warriors in my top four. When I look at the West, I look at their strength of schedule, and I'm looking at, at these four teams in order. I have the Nuggets having that weakest strength of schedule. I have the Rockets at two, just like you do. The Clippers and Lakers in my top four as well. And I kept the Warriors out just because of that same factor. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is going to be that big piece the Warriors need, or if they'll be moving them. Um, have to say, we both have the Rockets, so what's your reasoning for keeping the Rockets in the top season? Uh, it's, I don't know, you know I, we don't know how good Harden and Westbrook are going to work together, but there's something about that pairing that I really, really like. Having them reunited since Oklahoma City, I, I feel like they're going to work together, and you know what, stats win regular season games, but stats don't win in the playoffs. And both those guys get the stats like a motherfucker. And they're going to put up the stats. And they'll win They'll, they'll win a lot of games, the two of them. They're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, I absolutely agree. With, with the Rockets and, and the Nuggets, they take the regular season so serious, it's hard not to keep them in the top four. Yeah, the yeah. So it's, it's very, it, you know, it find, both MVPs are from regular season. You're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of points scored in Houston this year. Um, we both have the L.A. teams in different orders, but we both have the L.A. teams in the top four. Did you think of rest being a factor when it comes to putting the Clippers and Lakers up there in your upper epsilon for the West? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, more so with the Clippers because they that was already a playoff team without really any real superstar last year. The Really, the biggest superstar on that team last year was Lou Williams as the sixth man. 
and they got a great coach in Doc Rivers. Of course, I'm uh, slightly biased towards Doc Rivers, <laughs> but um, you know he's he's a good coach. He's a great defensive coach, and hey, you can rest Kawhi one game, and Renault, Paul George, and Pat Bev, you're going to lock teams down. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I consider that LeBron and Kawhi will probably be resting for certain games. I have them around the loss mark from 17 to 25. Kind of varies depending on um, how many official back-to-backs are going to rest and maybe some of those road trips where, they're, where, where they will rest. Yeah. Um, I like the segue with Doc Rivers, and it makes me think of the Celtics automatically. So what are your top four teams in the East? Where do you find your top four teams coming from? Um, I go one, Bucks, obvious. Two, the Sixers, three, my Celtics, and four, I'm still up in the air on. We talked about this earlier, Gene. Um, I'm between the Heat and the Nets because both of those uh, if to me. I don't know I don't know what Kyrie's going to be like with that team. I, I know firsthand what kind of a head case he can be and what he can do to a locker room. Without Kevin Durant yet, that team's not exactly a force to me. And I – uh, I mean, Miami looks pretty good, too. You know, Jimmy Butler's a good addition. Uh, Tyler Harrow can score. Uh, all those guys are good over there. Yeah, so my top four teams, I think the top three across the board with all sports analysts in, in the NBA are Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics. I think they're up there. I don't think that varies very much yeah. between analysts. But when it comes to that four spot, I'm with you. I, I debate it round and round. Did I want to go Detroit? Did I want to go Miami? Did I want to go Brooklyn and take that take that chance? I I landed on Indiana because come come back with Aladipo with that group and that Pacers team. Um, I'm very big about chemistry and keeping consistency in organizations, kind of compared to the Spurs. Yo, yeah, yeah, I like the Pacers this year. So and their strength of schedule is actually 26 in the NBA, which is very weak. Wow. So I I I kind of think they have a chance of of having a very high record, big, bigger than what they may be, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll have a deep playoff run. I just think they might be a top four season. Yeah, most everyone I've talked to has kind of said uh, the Pacers are like their sleeper team out of the East. So, those guys you mentioned, like Aladipo, uh, Sabonis, and Miles Turner, they're all they're all good young players. They, they they're like a lot of teams. They could go score a lot of points. Here's a question for you. Now, if you, pick, you had to pick an East team to jump into the top four, maybe come out early, having a lot of chemistry, would you bank on it being more Jimmy Butler with Miami or Kyrie Irving with Brooklyn? Ugh. Oh, my God. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Butler. I, I, I know Butler's had some problems in locker rooms. He never seems to want to stick around anywhere, but we know this guy's a worker. We know he's a gym rat. I, he's going to go out there. He's going to try to win at least. And Ky- Kyrie, I, of course, I'm kind of a little biased, but I, you never really know what you're going to get from this guy night in, night out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we start round two on the Sport Jeans Into the Lab podcast, we'd like to remind any listeners that if you play basketball and you are from the ages of 8 to 18 in the Rio Grande Valley, check out Triple Double Basketball Academy, one of the premier programs in Texas located at the center of the RGV in Harlingen, Texas. Find your young basketball pros practicing ball handling techniques, proper shooting forms, 
learning strength and conditioning techniques, and gain unmatchable experience with Elite State Tournament play. Follow on Facebook or visit www.triple-double-basketball-academy.org. Triple-double-basketball-academy, where each basketball player grows no matter what. Now, round two is a very short conversation. It's really about the big man in L.A., Boogie Cousins. Went down with a knee-to-knee contact injury in a summer pickup game. How does this impact the Los Angeles Lakers, or does this even impact them for next season? I think it does. Um, You know, we've all talked. We don't know exactly what Boogie's going to be, if it's going to be the pre-injury Boogie or or not. Uh, You know, last year in the finals, he was starting to show me that he was starting to get it back. And he was a big X factor. If that guy came back to, you know, anywhere near his old form and you had him, LeBron and Anthony Davis, there's almost nothing that could, that could ever stop that. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's a big injury. I think it's going to be very interesting to see who the Lakers decide they're going to call. Did you think that after last year, Boogie Cousins had that all-star potential to play for, uh, the Lakers this year? I I think there was a chance that maybe uh, around midseason he might be back around not exactly his old all-star form, but, you know, with a little more rehab, you know, a little healthier, I feel like the guy could have gotten back to uh, to something pretty powerful on the court. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, uh, when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins, he, he may not have been – back to what he was before his injuries. But that's now three seasons in a row where he's facing major injuries. And, and you know, the Lakers are going to have to turn to JaVale McGee. And a lot of people have said this, whether on ESPN or on Fox Sports. But the big part about this DeMarcus Cousins story is really about DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. He wants to be back to that prime, that prime DeMarcus Cousins. And he needs to be 200% at this point before he makes that next step in his career. And I don't know if this Lakers tenure lasts more than this bench ride this year. I think he may ride this bench and watch them move. And if he's, you know, lucky enough to watch him make a deep playoff run, but his contributions to this team may not be till um, next season, if at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I, you know, I, I said this to someone earlier. I, I wouldn't put it past the Lakers to make an offer to Dwight Howard. I know it sounds crazy. But Dwight Howard is the biggest name free agent center out there. And he's probably still got something in him. Now, I put this poll on Twitter earlier, and and it trended for a while. So I'm going to ask you the same question. If you had a pick between big men and you have Marcin Gortat, Dwight Howard, Amir Johnson, and Joe Kim Noah, who are you picking, if any, uh, if there's anybody else that you would pick from? Uh, it would probably have to be between Amir Johnson and Dwight Howard. Um, sorry, but it would have to be between Amir Johnson and Dwight Howard. The reason that I'd give the edge to Johnson is because Howard, uh, obviously there's a little bit of media drama and everything that comes with him and. You know, he seems like he might be a little soft in the locker room. No offense to the guy. Right. I mean, it, Dwight and Kobe had, you couldn't imagine what that chemistry might be with Dwight and LeBron James in that same locker room. But if you know anything, <laughs> yeah. LeBron likes to bring all sorts of cases into the locker room. If you look at last yeah, season, bringing 
Lance, Javale, and Rajon. So um, <laughs> at that po- at that point, who knows? He, he might just take that chance and try to see what he can do with them. So yeah, we know he's basically uh, the GM and the coach over there now. So <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, you know. Now I'll, I'll I'll ask you this one. I've I've seen it out there. People say that LeBron might be sticking around to uh, maybe partner with his uh, oldest son, Bronny. What do you, what do you think of that happening? You think that's a possibility? Yeah, I absolutely do. And it, it might be more of a gimmick more than it is a potential of seeing something super happen. It might just be that he is doing the Vince Carter goodbye tours, tour years, and, and he's going to watch his son come in and see um, Bronny coming in up, up the ranks as he's guiding him and playing politics in the NBA. But if yeah. Bronny, if Bronny could do one thing is not follow the takeover LeBron James has on teams and rather Bronny play for a system, play with a, play with a group of teammates and, and win a championship that way. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I'd like to see from Bronny. And, and I agree with you. I think it would be, if they did have a team up together, it would be more of a, a gimmick than you're going to see something special here. Cause by the time that, by the time that happens, I know LeBron James is an incredible athlete to me. He's the second greatest basketball player of all time. But uh, by the time Bronny's him and Bronny are going to be teaming up, how, how old is LeBron going to be? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He would be in his late thirties if not early forties at that point. He's 34, so. 35 now. Mm-hmm. And so Bronny, if Bronny, played a year or two in college LeBron would be 39 40 yeah, 30, yeah. 30, 39 40 so he would he would be in those latter years I mean would would LeBron James even be playing I mean who knows at this point if he made he a could run start now. following that TB12 workout program that's what it is As we move to round three, want to remind everyone traveling to the Alamo City during the beautiful fall and winter seasons, keep SATX rated handy for the latest information on new events, restaurants, and giveaways so that you and your family or loved ones can enjoy the city with the hottest scenes. You can follow at SATX rated on any social platform where they constantly do giveaways like Bean front row or sitting behind home plate at the San Antonio Missions game or courtside seats at the San Antonio Spurs game. Follow SATX Rated today. Final round of conversation is breaking down some of the buzz coming from Team USA. And as you know, representing our great nation at the FIBA World Cup. Um, But recent reports have them losing to this college journeyman team um, 36 to 17 and and lots of big stars unable to join this very talented team Steve what do you think about the current roster of team USA uh well personally again I'll sound uh slightly biased but I love it because I love having Kemba Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown already working together and building chemistry like this uh in the off season that the actual roster overall itself is not nearly as good as rosters we've seen out of team USA in the past years, but they have some, they have some very good players in that team. And I, I wouldn't read too much into scrimmage losses. I, I know that I didn't even know who any of these guys were on that other team's roster, except for Jeff Van Gundy. I mean, everyone, all these big teams losing scrimmages. They don't, they're not playing their hardest. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and um, in recent reports, just 30 minutes ago, it came out that PJ Tucker has now left the roster due to an ankle and just an injury, and he wants to focus on the Rockets' training camp. So there's another defensive presence that's now left Team USA. I, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so it just leaves another hole of can Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr work their magic on the offensive and defensive end together to form a team that's going to be able to compete at a very high level because we see different countries coming forward and saying our international play is much better now and we feel we have a shot at taking down this team doesn't seem so invincible this year yeah yeah you know what you're right I'll, I'll agree with you on that it's definitely not as invincible as we've always been it's we've always put out <laughs> way a lot of guys were turning down the roles this like the spots this year for whatever reasons and it I mean, yeah, we had to go with second, third, fourth choices for a lot of these roster spots, but there's still t- there's still few quite a few all star NBA players on that team, so they should be able to put out something pretty good. So you you, you talk about the different all star caliber players on that team, and and I know you're slightly biased, but <laughs> who do you think are the X factors on this team when it comes to the offensive side? The offensive side. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, definitely Jason Tatum. That's I'd had I'd have to I'd actually have to think more about that one. Um, on that, at De'Aaron Fox, because obviously can obviously put up a lot of points. Uh, hey, what what if they if they put out a line? They put they play uh, Kemba or De'Aaron Fox in the point, and the other one of them in the shooting guard. You're gonna outrun anyone. Pretty much any of the other teams that are going to be out there, you'll run that floor. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the big part about that is that turnovers are kind of a must with this team because the team's so young that you would need yeah. them to be running the floor so much um, just to just to keep pace with some of those higher scoring offenses in this world, especially when you have Nikola Jokic out there and his and his squad already saying, you know, we're ready to take it to them. You have a strong Spanish team. You have a strong um, French team. So all the way around, if you look at it, there's different strength across the world. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's I've, Nikola, Nikola Jokic is, is an amazing, amazing basketball player. Yeah. That, that's going to be tough. I, you know, my X factor was going to be um, the di- between Chris Middleton, Kyle Kuzma and Donovan Mitchell. Can these young stars take that step forward to be an alpha? Can they be an alpha on team USA? where usually they are, they're, you know, playing either not second fiddle because I don't want to downplay their play, but they're usually playing alpha beta and they're switching those roles off um, in their respective teams. So like for Kyle Kuzma, he has LeBron playing the alpha role. For Chris Middleton, he has Giannis there. And for Donovan Mitchell, he plays that with Rudy Gobert. At times you had um, Ricky Rubio running that offense, and now you have Mike Conley there. So can these guys step forward, be that alpha on the team with, you know, of course your four Celtics players – and and play this game and 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 beat lead team USA to a gold. I, I mean, hopefully they can. I I I can't really say yes or no on that. And I'd add Jason Tatum into that list of guys who can they step up and be the alpha? Because you got to remember last year he was he had Kyrie in the offense uh, taking everything over, and his first year, you know, when we really got the glimpse the flashes of what Jason Tatum has the potential to be is that that team that went that far with, uh, without Kyrie and Haywood, 
did it all off ball sharing and none of them really none of them really took over you know what I mean it, that was that was all a team oriented thing so I'd like to see that from Jason Tatum uh, especially in this season coming forward no let alone with team USA is for him to step up and really take a lead and you can actually see in some of the uh, videos I've seen of their practices you can see him and Jalen Brown uh, pushing guys around more than I'm used to seeing them do under the net. And that's something I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, on the defensive side, I'm going to pick your brain with a le- for this last part. Um, bigger bigger person defensively besides Marcus Smart and Miles Turner, or am I missing somebody? Um, Kuzma plays some pretty good D, doesn't he? I, 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 think him, he, I, I think he's good, but I'm looking for that bulldog attitude, right? The one that's yeah. going to step up. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't really know if there is other than the two of two of them. Not off not off the top of my head. Again, like like I said, really I don't have the uh roster actually out in front of me. But I'd I'd have to look more at that. But yeah, Marcus Smart, Miles Turner. Hey, you're right, the the two defend the best defensive players on that team, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Team USA, young and, and hopefully hungry. Hopefully that 36-17 loss uh, was just kind of Pop and Kerr trying to play their uh, offense and defensive situations, and it wasn't a sign of things to come. But I definitely appreciate the conversation with you, Steve. I want to say thank you to all of the listeners out there. My name is Ernest Silva, also known as a sport gene with Steve Reisner with Slightly Biased. Keep a lookout for that podcast. T- talking about your favorite teams on the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast on Overtime Heroics and on Twitter. Everybody have a great weekend. All right. Thank you, Gene. Have a good one.